Good side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLC Podcast, episode number 296. Andrew with you once again. I am rolling solo this week, but I'm sure one of the guys will be back next week so that I can bounce off of them. But but in the meantime, I'm here to share my thoughts about the latest news from the preview season. I guess the, the big news from the past week is the release of the My Career trailer for NBA 2K20, as well, of course, as the NBA 2K20 demo, which I have played. And I do have some thoughts to share about that. So without any further ado, let's get right into that. Uh, the, the My Career trailer released uh, earlier this week. It gives us a bit of an introduction to this year's story. Some cutscenes, obviously, from the story with uh, with some context taken out, I suppose. It's always, always with trailers, whether it's TV shows, video games, movies. That's <laughs> that's the way trailers work, to, uh, to uh, whet your appetite for the full story, of course. Uh, so the name of this year's story is, uh, from the looks of things, uh, When the Lights Are Brightest. Uh, it's about a NBA prospect named Che, who's a... Uh, basically trying to make it to the NBA, as all my players are. Uh, there's a focus on both his life, uh, both on and off the court. He's going to be dealing with off-court pressures and social issues. The story basically starts with him standing up to a coach that's uh, treated a, a teammate who got injured, uh, did, didn't agree with how the teammate was, was treated, basically, if I understand it correctly. I've, I've been trying not to look at too many spoilers, because uh, even though I'm not going to be playing much of my career this year, uh, well, really much at all, I, I should imagine, I, as I've said before, I want to go back to my league, uh, I'll probably will play at least through the story and just see what it is. And if nothing else, I I like getting achievements. I'm a, I'm a sucker for achievements and trophies and seeing them pop up and getting that little dopamine thrill when you see those uh, those come up when you progress to a certain point. So I, I suppose I'll play through it if only just to get some impressions for it for a review. Obviously, uh, so I, I've been avoiding spoilers just in case I do want to see what the story is like. Uh, but that that's basically the uh, the gist of it. Once again, NBA prospect, and it's going to be dealing with some more off court stuff from the looks of things. And, and there's there's talk of different uh, uh, decisions and, and and so forth, and how you deal with these things. That, I mean, that remains to be seen. That's that's been my biggest complaint, I suppose, about the the my career story aspect, the story driven approach, I should say, is that uh, you don't really have those meaningful choices. I mean, basically, we've been able to pick. Uh, the high school, I think, from 2K16, as well as the college, the college in 2K17, and there, there's little things here and there that adjust the story. And it was actually pointed out to me because I, I didn't know that uh, if you, if you don't help uh, Corey Harris up in uh, in the NBA 2K19 story, you instead of playing that first game, that single game with the in, in the 2018 season, and still become a rookie in 2019 somehow. <laughs> you know, once again, what, unanswered question in my career story. I wrote a Friday Five article about that if you want to check that out. But uh, if you don't help him up, uh, you actually end up playing with the Timberwolves instead of the Lakers. So there's some slight differentiation in the story, depending on the, on the scenes. You maybe get some alternate scenes, but re- really there hasn't been a lot of uh, choice, meaningful choices in the story, not a lot of story branching. I've talked about that before in many articles and on the podcast before, so it remains to be seen whether that changes here. Looking at some of the reactions to it, uh, you know, some people seem to be okay with the story, others are just kind of groaning yes here it is another story and story that's not really focusing on basketball i i think if they if they are going to do the story they do need to have it a bit more interesting a bit more of story branching uh, i do think that it's kind of run its course you know i know this is the whole this is the current gen i guess but it was the whole next gen thing to introduce a story and and, and cutscenes and everything but it hasn't really gelled well, that well with the rpg elements of, of my career in my opinion as somebody who has played the mode a lot so far this generation so yeah, I'm kind of over the stories myself, and, and I've talked about the the worst of them before. And <laughs> Be Fresh has obviously become a recurring uh, joke 
here on the podcast, but you can check out that trailer. It gives you a, a look at the at the story. They've got some big names, Rosario Dawson, Thomas Middleditch, uh, LeBron James and Maverick Carter's production company, um, Spring Hill Entertainment. They're very much involved in it. There's cameos from, from LeBron and other NBA players, past and present. Uh, in, in the trailer, you can see Scottie Pippen has a, has a cameo at one point, has a few scenes. So, th- I mean, that's kind of cool and everything, but... I guess it doesn't really address a lot of the issues I have with my career stories or, or even the mode itself. And for that reason, I, I think I will be mostly moving on to uh, to back to my league this year because it it just seems like it's going to be a lot more fun to uh, to not have to deal with the story and not have to grind up a player. Uh, although there, there have been reports coming through uh, that it's not going to be as much of a grind this year. Uh, reporting, I think it's Game Informer, said that it's going to take about 40 hours to get to a 95 this year. And... That's that's a lot better than having to grind hundreds of hours uh, to get anywhere, or th- even close to a thousand to get anywhere near ninety nine. And the other thing they're doing this year, according to the reports, and this has come out from both the community event last week and also the, the Game Informer article as well, is that uh, ninety six to ninety nine this year is going to uh, w- once you get your rating up to ninety six to ninety nine, it's actually going to fluctuate, and you have to continue to maintain a, a high level of play to keep your rating above ninety six to ninety nine kind of like a real roster update i suppose real nba players where you have to have you have to keep your uh, they have to keep their play at a certain level if they're going to get such a high rating as 96 or above now i i have mixed feelings about this and i, I suppose it's not going to affect me that much if i if i'm not playing my league uh, or rather i'm not playing my career rather it's kind of like nba 2k17's park rep which i wasn't a big fan of because i do believe that you should be able to get to whatever rating you want uh, however you play my career in the connected modes which means if you don't want to play the NBA side of things at all, you should be able to level up at a reasonable pace. If you And, and the same if you're just playing the NBA uh, side of things, that you should be able to level up at a, a pace and get anything that you can online as well. And, and that's what I didn't like about NBA 2K17's approach, that you had to go into the park to, to get above 95 overall, because what if you don't like playing online? Because online is not necessarily the best experience in, in 2K, or not to everyone's liking, not to everyone's, not everyone's preference. Uh, so I, di- I didn't like that approach in, in 2K17. I thought that was the wrong way to go. Uh, I, as I understand it, you can get to 96 to 99 with the NBA side of things, but it just takes a little bit longer, a little bit harder. I, I suppose that's that's fair as long as you can do it. Uh, it is an interesting approach, and, and I see the logic behind it. And, and also, if, if it doesn't take as long to get to 95, then it's, it's not as bad. Um, I haven't really heard anything about the situation with VC. That still needs to be confirmed, or as I was talking about last week, the... The idea that you get the my badge, uh, my badge, the uh, my points for the cap breakers are separate badge points, and, and then VC. Can't imagine they're getting rid of VC with attributes because, as I uh, said, as I discussed last week uh, with myself, as, as I monologued last week, it just would be giving up a lot of recurrent revenue to to give that away. You know that that's make, obviously making a lot of money through my team, and they they are talking about in, in the Game Informer article. It does talk about. Uh, being able to upgrade your player quicker, as I said, less around about forty hours to get to a ninety-five uh, or, or thereabouts, and um, and also being able to create more than one player, making it easier, I should say, to create more than one player. Uh, it's one of those things where I feel a bit skeptical, uh, and and certainly if they if they patch it post-release, if they change the rewards for my points, which which they did last year, which which is very unfortunate for me because I couldn't really play the game the first couple of weeks it came out because of some. Uh, some internet issues I was having at the time, so I couldn't really play any, anything online or any connected modes. And of course, a my career that is online has the connection for VC and everything, and is able to be used online. 
uh, needs the online connection always whenever you want to play that uh, that mode. Otherwise, it kicks you back to the menu if it loses the connection. So I was having a lot of connection issues at the time around, around about launch. And so I actually couldn't really play it because I, I didn't know whether I was going to have five minutes of internet or 20 or a couple of hours or if it was going to be on all night or all afternoon or whenever. Uh, so I couldn't play it. And, I, and by the time I was actually able to play my career, uh, get, really get into the game and play it and be, have the connection available to me when my finally my provider and uh, phone company actually fixed everything up it uh, they'd already nerfed it they, they'd actually dropped the my points so it was even longer grind for me to get to uh, to where i needed to go and to get the vc and everything so that, I mean, that was annoying but that's also that's that is admittedly beyond 2k's control but well not not so much the nerfing but the fact that i couldn't play those first two weeks but but that's what it, what it comes down to is that if you it may launch and be and be great, and this is something I'll get into when I talk about the demo as well. But but even if it launches and it's all good, then there's some complaints, or they think they're going to balance it, or or it's not making enough recurrent revenue, or they're finding out that people are getting up too rated too high too quickly, or whatever, and they just artificially uh, change that by nerfing the, the amount of reward points and VC or whatever, which they've done post release, or or certainly the my points. I don't know if they've ever dropped the, my, the VC rewards, but certainly the my points rewards the the XP last year. Yeah, uh, it's and it's annoying because you've uh, you know you're all prepared to to have it and it's a fair system and then they just take it away. Um, it, it's something that doesn't get a lot of attention actually. I feel that's one of the things that the, the pre demo and pre prelude uh, say that five times fast. Uh, to, the, the nerfing that takes place in the full version after that has, has been very frustrating to see and it's it's strangely not got a lot of traction. And, and although it's been an issue, I mean, it's certainly been brought up and I've I've seen it mentioned. But it, it's it's something that I feel is a bit more controversial than uh, than has really received attention for. But any any event that's it's promising news. If if that does come to pass, if if for people who are playing my league and the connected modes, if it's much less grindy, I mean, I, I'd be tempted to to dive into it a little bit. If if I do end up playing online with the guys this year, then and if it's possible to grind for player on the side to uh, to play online and. I'd consider it. I'd definitely consider it because uh, you know that has been fun, and it's at least worth checking out uh, again to give impressions on the situation, if nothing else, for the, the sake of a fair review and covering the game in its entirety. Then it's uh, definitely something that I would at least uh, look into, um, because, because that's the, been the big thing with my career. Is it's been so time consuming that it's hard to get into to a my league as well, or or, or my team, because with a my league you can always simulate. You can simulate games and play every third game or alternate between simulation and playing or pick out some games and simulate batches here and there which uh, which you can do with my career but unfortunately because you do need to grind for the my points and the vc and everything you it's hard to take games off and until you get to a certain point where you're a 91 92 overall or i'm a 93 overall at the moment um in in because how far i got up in 2k19 once you get to that point if you want to sim games yeah sure you know you're not really giving up that much you can Easily play a few games, build up your VC again because you're getting two thousand VC a game or whatever. I think I, I think I can get with my if I put in the effort with all my sponsorships, I can get about twenty two to twenty five hundred uh, per uh, per game at the moment with the with the contract in the second or third year now. So yeah, you you can actually simulate at that point, but in the early days when you're trying to grind up your player and, and it, when it's taking hours and hours and hours, it's it's just too much of a time investment. And to their credit, it sounds like they have taken that on board and they're making it less of a grind. And with that in mind, I suppose making the the ninety six to ninety nine it's it's kind of an elitist gatekeeping in a in a sense, because it really comes down to well this is it's something for the elite online players that are, most of them are going to get, but at the same time it's 
99 overall has kind of become a status symbol anyway. So if it, once you're at 95 overall, then you, you usually you can do a lot of damage <laughs> as, a, as a player in uh, in my career. So you don't really necessarily need uh, to be 99 overall or even even over that much further over 90 overall. You, you're still pretty effective, especially once you get a few badges on your, on your player and level them up. So if, if they've reduced that that uh, time investment that you need to make I, I think that's definitely for the best so that you can play it you, it's it's less grinding less, less work to have fun and also it means that you can have a look at everything in the game you can play some my career and on the side and you can have the, your my league going as well and, and maybe you dip your toe in with my team as well and, and with so many deep modes it would be nice if you can in the space of a year that the game is new and current to to spend all that time with with all the modes and spend a bit of time with each and not have to say, well, yes, I've got to have to grind full-time on my career, or I have to spend all the time going through all the challenges and putting money into, into my team and everything like that. If, if they're avoiding that, then that's that's uh, that's the kind of goodwill that I think has been missing in some of the recent years, and and, and they've tried to make it too much of a, of a grind in this whole road to 99. It's It's been less of a, a fun journey sometimes than a crawling on your hands and knees through a broken glass from uh, New York to, to uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> I think I've used that... Uh, that analogy in, a, in an article before, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's the way to do it. So I'm glad to see them to to implement that this year. Um, that being said, it's, it may be too little, too late for me because I've played so much of it and feel very accomplished with my career, having got to the Hall of Fame in 2K19. Haven't yet triggered that cutscene yet because I haven't retired the player from the uh, NBA side of things yet. Probably thinking of doing it because I've, I've played a few more games and it's just I, I feel kind of done with it, <laughs> especially in 2K19. I've, I've done so much with it. Um, so, so yeah, hats off to them if that's if that's worked out fine. Uh, it's a better approach to my career, I think, and the connected modes. Uh, but it remains to be seen how fair it stays, especially because they can change the amount of experience points you can earn, and the badge points and the my points for the cap breakers and everything. They they can obviously change that post release and and VC rewards and everything else. So it's it's one of those things where you maybe have to wait a month to see how it goes, to see how people react to it, and if there's any exploits, and if they're finding people are getting up too quickly for their liking, then sometimes they can change it. Which, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. It's uh, you know, I, I'm needless to say, because because it's it's not very fair, especially to late adopters. Uh, if you get into the mode a bit later, or if you've been waiting to see, if you're waiting for the reviews, I mean, I know they expect everyone to be pre-ordering it. Uh, and playing at day one, but there are people who have felt burned by the brand who who aren't necessarily playing at day one, or or not have the money, or they're waiting for it for Christmas because you know they're young, they're kids, and they don't necessarily have the income to just buy games whenever they want. Uh, so not everybody is adopting it on day one, and for many many reasons. And uh, well, they're waiting for reviews to see if, if they were unhappy with last year's game, you know, whatever. Um, and then if the game launches in a certain state and it's it's nice, and then they and everyone's happy with it, and then it gets changed because. People are they've either listened to the wrong complaints, the wrong people, or they've made a decision based on recurrent revenue or or hours that they want people to put into the game. Uh, it's promising right now, but we'll see how it goes at the uh, at launch. So the demo is out. We have our first hands-on experience at uh, NBA 2K20, or a very small portion of it. Uh, there was a community event last week, of course. Various uh, attendees have posted their impressions around and aggregated some of those in the forum and. Uh, around the community that you can check out if you wish. But the demo has given us all a chance to get our hands on the game. And there's kind of been a, a mixed review, a mixed mixed reception, I should say, of, uh, of the demo so far. A lot of people have have liked parts of it and what, and what it's brought to the table and the new My Player Builder and, and some of the new mechanics. Uh, some people 
definitely haven't. They feel it's it's not moving in the right direction, and there's, apparently there's already going to be some changes based on that. And uh, and for that matter, the demo was an older build, not not what's currently being worked on. Again, that's that's pretty standard that you have the the most solid build that you can put out there to give people a, a rough idea of the game, uh, while at the same time not uh, dealing with some of the uh, some of the issues. And <laughs> we've seen what a, what a bad demo can do to a game. Uh, NBA Elite Eleven comes to mind with the uh, the Jesus Bynum glitch and everything, which which again I never actually experienced, but some people did, and that put the video up there, and it didn't do didn't do any favors for the game coming to launch. And we all know the history of that with NBA Live and whatnot, and the cancellation of NBA Elite 11 at the time. But but as for the demo, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings myself. Um, I the whole the new dribbling system is is a bit more like live in that it's it's got a bit got a bit of a delay, frankly. And and that is something I think they do need to to clean up. That's something that I haven't really liked about live's controls in recent years is that they've it's tried to give players more heft, more weight and and better foot planting and everything, but it's also been a bit clunky. Bit a uh, bit too heavy at times. Two uh, Ks last couple of years have been felt a bit too light. So it, they've kind of gone the other way in, in preserving the animation quality. They've they've lost some of that to weight, and they've had the players be a bit floaty, a bit too quick on their feet, and glidings and sliding on ice, and especially in two K eighteen and, and even nineteen as well. Uh, but the new motion system they've put in there, it's um, I, can, I can see what they're doing with it. I just think the input lag is is a bit a bit of a problem. It does feel a bit slow. Uh, a lot of people have have mentioned the pace feels a bit slow uh, overall, and I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, I, I don't think it needs to get too fast. Uh, I'd probably agree with a, a sentiment I saw expressed, uh, possibly on Reddit, possibly on Twitter, that the ideal pace is somewhere between 2K19 and what we've seen in the 2K20 demo. Not not as slow as it is in 2K20, not as fast as it is in 2K19. Somewhere in the middle sounds like happy medium, and yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, fitting up again, cleaning up the input lag, just making it a little bit more responsive, a little bit smoother. In that respect, it, it does feel like it's a bit slow to react in uh, in that sense. Um, apart from that, a lot of the mechanics are pretty much the same. Uh, I think a lot of people are definitely going to feel the difference with with not being able to just flick the stick in a certain direction and go into a pre uh, pre packaged animation. I suppose going into a, a full, you know. The, a full size up, having to put chain moves together, I think is going to be quite an adjustment. Uh, much as it is with with Live nineteen and and uh, Live eighteen as well, and, and pretty much Live this whole generation, but, but certainly the last two games that have had uh, the better dribbling mechanics uh, there. And I, I've seen yeah a lot of people com- compare it to Live nineteen in terms of speed and and the controls, and it, it's an adjustment. And, and certainly the other adjustment is the use of turbo. And and Desire has gone into, uh, into into detail about this in his videos. That he's been putting out there, and also on Twitter as well. Uh, turbo sprint usage is very different this year, you, where you can't really hold it down all the time. Uh, it, it really drains the fatigue this year, and, and possibly a little bit too much. Uh, and uh, Mike Wong Baluba has actually talked about some of the adjustments they're going to make based on feedback, which again is, is actually controversial. It's even been funny to see Desire uh, protest some of those changes publicly <laughs> to Baluba and, and in favor of uh, SimNation hashtag SimNation, of course, and. Uh, Desire being uh, the president of said nation, uh, it's it's, a, it's something I do think needs to be adjusted a little bit. It does feel like if you're playing on 12 minute quarters, the current approach would pretty much tire your player out, as if they've played a five overtime game by halftime. It, it does seem like it's a bit too much at the moment, but but not too much. And, and this is going to be a, a whole thing this year, I can see. And, and moving forward onto the next generation, the battle between the traditional sim gamers and the and the players that do want to have that the video game mechanics, the more casual players, and 
they're, they're hardcore casuals. I don't know what you'd call them. They're certainly dedicated fans of NBA 2K and, and virtual basketball, but not necessarily want the totally realistic approach. The the park players, the the playground players. You know, if if you, if I can say that, I suppose that uh, they're more into that style where you, where you don't have to conserve turbo usage as, as much, and it's you know dribble 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 back and <laughs> step back three with the uh, takeover badge and, and everything. Uh, I think some of the adjustments they've made have been for the best, but just might need a bit more fine tuning. Uh, just just ease off a little bit on the on the turbo, but but at the same time. It's something we also have to adjust to as well with turbo usage so that you can't just hold down turbo all game, which which is a bit of a cheesy tactic that, that's been uh, has been obviously been exploited in previous years. So I think that's definitely a, a change for the sim, and whether that's a change for the better, I guess, depends on how you feel about realism or, or, or whatever. Uh, I, I think it's for the best. Just, again, maybe needs a bit more of a, an adjustment so that, it's, so that it still plays a fun game of basketball and that you're not having to... Re- to to barely ever use the the turbo because the turbo is it's just meant for bursts of of speed and and so forth. But at the same time, there there are times when you do want need to, need to try and sprint flat out to 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 catch a defender for a for a or either run out for a dunk or, or something that I think you need a bit more of a sprint. It needs to last a little bit longer. So I, I think there are some changes that you can make there without having making it uh, completely arcade or, or not sim enough. So I, I don't think that's necessarily for the worst. Although certainly it does seem like a lot of the changes that are being suggested uh, are not necessarily for the most realism. People are a bit upset about it moving more in that sim direction, and uh, a lot of the stuff. I mean, people are accusing Beluber of caving. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, where I've, I've talked about it on, in articles and we've discussed on previous podcasts. Those of us who prefer the sim style are, are we are we going out of style? Are, are we the minority of the the core fan base now? I, I've wondered about that, and certainly when you see some of the uh, some of the people asking for these changes, but but then you see a lot of people reacting in a very negative fashion to uh, to Beluba saying that, that that they're looking to make these changes. So at the same time, but is that a vocal minority? Yeah, so it, it's hard to know. Uh, hopefully, it works out for the best. That the that the tuning is not going to be up and down. Uh, that that was a problem with two K seventeen. Too many gameplay changes from patch to patch, and then perhaps two K eighteen and nineteen. Not enough changes from patch to patch, and and not necessarily the right balance. So we will we will find out about that uh, at launch, I suppose. Uh, it's unfortunately one of those things. Um, th- this is one thing that NBA Live has done very well with its demos, actually. Uh, not only has it been a deeper demo, and I'll get into that as well, uh, than 2K demos or the preload in, in recent years, is that they have actually continued to update the demo with gameplay tweaks, NBA Live, that is. So when they do make a change and say, okay, these are the changes we're thinking of making in the full version, and they're giving us an updated preview, so they're able to use that uh, the demo as as beta testing and continue to have us do that testing and and test their tweaks. And I think that's been something. I mean, obviously NBA Live is not where it needs to be uh, yet, and uh, I don't think anyone, except perhaps maybe the most ardent uh, supporter, most ardent fanboyish supporter, I should say, uh, would, would would deny that it's you know, still got a ways to go. But I do like the fact that they have been giving us these updates and even even they've been doing it with NBA Live 19 actually kind of using it as an extended beta which which yes people are pointing out that it's not necessarily a good sign for NBA Live 20 and that's a whole other matter which I'll uh, get into some other time when we have more information to speculate on it and I'm talking to somebody else not just <laughs> thinking out loud myself uh, but but it has been good for for testing and getting community feedback whereas we basically just get the demo or the prelude for 2K and they say they're going to make some tweaks and then we find out how it is in the full version so yeah, it's kind of disappointing in that regard, and it's a wait and see, and, and hope for the best. And 
depending on who they're listening to, which part of the uh, demographic they're trying to cater to. Depends which way they go on it, but but hopefully uh, hopefully Sim Nation wins out on this one. And <laughs> look, Playground's always going to be a little bit more arcade, a little bit more casual anyway in terms of uh, its approach to realism. When I say casual, uh, I know there are hardcore players of, of Playground, but it is not necessarily the most realistic <laughs> form of the gameplay that they have, which is fine, which is fine. I think that's part of the appeal of, of Playground, um, but it depends how, how you tweak the game for it. And, and I do hope they go from a realistic base and then pull it back a little bit for the Playground style of play. Uh, apart from that, so what we have to have in the demo, um, I it took me a while to actually get into the demo fully, because for the first twenty four hours or so of the demo being out, uh, all of those all of us in uh, Oceania, Australia, New Zealand, parts of Asia, etc., uh, couldn't play the MyPlayer Builder because that required an online connection, and <laughs> whenever you tried to connect, it gave you the uh, connection error four F etc. For 4C, basically, yeah, they cannot connect the server. There is a problem with your connection. Yeah, not our connection because that was pretty much everyone. Well, that was everyone who wasn't trying to use a VPN or a mobile connection. Basically, uh, couldn't uh, connect to the, to that, and so therefore couldn't play. And I believe that's also been going on with Switch as well. Uh, never bodes well. <laughs> server errors with 2K, and it continues to be a weakness. And it's you definitely don't want to have that happen in the demo as well, but it did. Uh, so that that wasn't a good look. Uh, didn't really make a good first impression on me. Um, and, and certainly, whenever it, when they didn't even address it, it's kind of like, oh well, you know, we don't really care about you. You're not a priority uh, demographic or area in the world. Um, which I guess North America is always going to be the priority. Fair enough. I'm guess that's where most of the user base is. So whatever. Uh, still. Again, lack of communication on 2K's part. It, very 2K stuff, basically. Server errors and lack of communication and blaming it on our connections when it's them. Um, typical 2K, whatever. Uh, they finally did get it up and running. Uh, before they did that, 2KU, which is does not need to be online, uh, is uh, was accessible, I should say, and, and still is. Uh, so I was messing around with that, first of all, just to get a feel of the new controls. And you can play the scrimmage, which is which is nice. They've given you the full scrimmage. And unlike previous years with the Prelude, you're not interrupted constantly by uh, pop-ups, information, tutorial boxes, which you could never disable. Uh, so you can get a, f- a full free run, basically, of five-on-five gameplay, uh, Raptors versus uh, Warriors. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it, it plays... You, you can tell the, di- the difference in the motion system and, and the, with the dribbling and the sprint meter. That, that's, that's definitely a difference. Uh, apart from that, it is very familiar gameplay. Obviously, it's not they're not going to overhaul the whole system within the space of a year. Uh, I I did notice some more off-ball movement, which I which I really liked. Uh, that's the, the new adaptive coaching engine, or the enhanced adaptive coaching engine, and a lot of the uh, freelance plays that are supposedly been uh, in the in the gameplay blog was mentioned that had been enhanced this year. Uh, and I could see some of that. There were still issues, legacy issues with um, some of the interceptions, with uh, elbow blocks, things like that. I mean, that's that might be a thing that's not going to really happen until next gen. Uh, I did uh, notice the rebounding sometimes felt a little bit better, but there were still some moments that felt very yeah, predetermined and canned, which uh, I think they need to find a better way of masking so that it doesn't feel as contrived. But it, it felt a little bit better than 2K19, uh, I, I thought. Um, yeah, play, playing 2KU, I thought, well, this is going to be a fairly fun year to to be uh, an offline player, to be a, a my league player or my team. So I, I was fairly happy with that. Um, when I finally did get into the My Player Builder, um, I, I had the the same thought that I've seen a lot of people express, which is that it's it's not what, what how to put it. I, 
actually i'll quote i'll quote a post i saw on on i think it was reddit that said that it uh over promised and under delivered which is not, not an original saying but but definitely apt in in this case uh, I, I think we were led to believe we had a lot more flexibility than we do with these the new system the basically pie charts have taken the place of, of archetypes because you still really have archetypes they're just not called archetypes in the traditional sense uh, so you're picking through the different pie charts to pick out how you want to distribute uh, athletic ratings and balance between offense and defense um, and, and again it, it's really just a revamped way of archetypes if we're, if we're being honest which is not the worst thing because there is some uh, you know some uh some, some wiggle room there uh, and and it's also nice that you can change the upper and lower limits of the uh of the your potential of the top ratings but but in that to that point the one thing that wasn't really uh communicated and this is one of the things that we say that 2k doesn't always communicate things that are kind of important and and make it sound and kind of gloss over things is that you're still limited when they say you can set your own cap breakers they still set the upper limit of cap breakers so you can't have completely custom ratings and so you're still kind of locked into the archetype system and and that and i'm not you know that that, that didn't really sound like they were what they were promising or what they were suggesting so or well, maybe we read into it wrong but again i think that was part of part of the what was communicated to us as well basically you can well after you assemble the the pie charts and create this not archetype but totally is an archetype uh, system you get the upper and lower ratings you can see the starting ratings and the uh, what what the max ratings are and you can basically choose where your individual cap is in relation to the maximum they've set so say you've got a, a point guard like i'd probably be uh, which is what i usually am in, in the games and and you've got an upper uh, dribbling rating of 92 if you wanted to put an extra couple of points somewhere else, you could say, "Well, okay, I'll, I'll make my upper limit of ninety, and I'll or take take points out of upper limit of dunks because I want to have more three point shooting." But it's still kind of limited in the the upper the, the limitations of the upper rating that the maximum rating. It would have been nicer if you could say, "Okay, I'll, I'll take something off the maximum of of, uh, of dunking and then put it into." three points it's it's not as flexible as they made it sound and a lot of the combinations seem to end up with really confusing archetypes uh rather than what, what it sounds like you were going to have uh, i mean I, I created one that sounded like it should have been a sharpshooting playmaker but ended up being a, a a slashing playmaker which which seemed really strange and and you, the other thing is you can do it up to six times you've got the six slots to do it and you can play one game uh again where you're on the raptors going up against the warriors uh, so it's not a whole lot of it in the demo at least it's, it's not a whole lot of testing you can do with the archetypes before you've exhausted all the possibilities and i, you, I know you can go in and delete your save file and there's a workaround for that but yeah you know it's it's not um <laughs> it, it's it's more hassle than it, than it should be you can't replay a couple of games or even play a couple of games with the same player you can if you create it exactly the same way but it's then you waste a slot so it was yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's not quite as as good as uh, I think they pro- promised. Uh, one thing I do think they should have is more like what they did with uh, what NBA Live did, I should say, with NBA Live sixteen, where as you change your ratings, it actually shows you what kind of archetype, what kind of play style you're creating. Uh, basically, you go through and you create the player. You um, you 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 work out all the ratings and your ratings caps and the pie charts and everything, and then when you finalize it, it says congratulations, you've made a slashing playmaker or whatever. 
uh, I feel like instead of making that a surprise and and actually give you an idea of what you're creating as you're creating it, it should really display as you as you're altering the pie chart. Okay, this is this is a slashing playmaker. This is a sharpshooting playmaker. This is a shot creating uh, small forward. You know, this this is a two way small forward, a two way slasher, a, you know, a, a lockdown or whatever. That it, and that should change. It should be displayed what you're. Because again, it is basically still an archetype system, but it should in- indicate what kind of play style you are creating, and and change have that change on the fly. And as you make the alterations to the pie charts and pick the different ratings and back and forth, etc., it should, as it didn't in uh, Live 16's ratings upgrades, uh, show you your player style, your play type, player type uh, changing to to whatever it's going to be, and and uh, and evolve. And when I mean, that was kind of evolving in the Live 16. Uh, situation but but as you're creating it and, and morphing and molding your player in the my player builder it would be really handy to have that feedback and to make it a surprise uh especially in, especially in the demo when you know when you've only got the six slots and it's harder to to delete players and start over again um it yeah it, it's a bit restrictive there and it doesn't doesn't really feel like it's enough like it's, it's really not enough of a, a look um Really, it would have been nice if they'd had some uh, rudimentary uh, online play, online team play in this. I mean, it, you know, if you could get in the demo and uh, and just have some quick games with with other players, or, or preview like preview the pro am, much like you can do in the live demos with Live Run. Uh, I, I think that would have been fantastic. I mean, I know Live is trying to do things and win people back that the two K feels very comfortable with, but it would be really cool instead of him just having to play that one game or up to six games with six different players. Uh, once off exhibition game in uh, in the of a my career situation, being able to uh, to take the player online and, and and really play that with the demo and, and play the, play the hell out of the demo until the, the game comes out. But basically, it's just a very quick look. Um, if, if you do skip out on the demo, or if you're on PC and uh, not not able to get the demo, uh, I don't think you've really missed much at all, to be honest. Um, and, and of course, if you're not a my career player, if you're a uh, if, if you are a my league player, my team, whatever. You don't get a big look at the five-on-five gameplay or the five-on-five unlocked gameplay, I should say, in the traditional gameplay. So you're not really missing much. Uh, I did check it out to see what it was like. Um, you, you, get, you get an idea of what the game is like and what the what my career is like. But I, I, I will say that while the the changes to to the uh, to the grind and everything that might get me back into at least maintaining a player on the side to be able to use it online. Uh, Seeing this, the way they've handled archetypes, really, and with the new my player builder and archetypes that totally are archetypes, but not being called archetypes anymore. Seeing the way they've handled that, uh, I have to admit that I've really lost enthusiasm for it. You know, I can't really see myself spending a lot of time with with my career um, unless they they do make some changes. Uh, Ronnie posted a tweet uh, acknowledging some of the feedback, and maybe they're looking at getting some more pie charts and some more variations in the full version. Um, which which wouldn't be a bad thing. I, I I suppose I feel a bit let down by the approach because it, it sounded a lot better than it what what it was. And I guess that's something that we did mention on the show before and mentioned in the forum that it's sometimes a lot of a lot of things sound great with with games because obviously they're trying to sell the games and talk it up. But in practice, it's not necessarily what people what people like. And and of course, naturally, there's a lot of videos out now with telling, talking about the best builds after, and they were out there with, within five minutes of the demo coming out. So, uh, you know. Remember what Skip T. Grind said, watch out for clickbait, um, and, and certainly do, uh, before and after the games come out. Um, yes, uh, it's, uh, 
it, it was it was an okay look at the game, I, I suppose, and it was interesting to see the, the new my player builder. And I, I got an, I was able to glean enough from the game to say, okay, well, you know, it's it's going to be an okay year for for the game at the very least. And depending on how they tweak the the, the normal gameplay that I was uh, playing, that I I did have some fun with in the five on five scrimmage, and and I did like that they took out the again they took they took out the pop ups, so you're not having the the scrimmage in play scrimmage gameplay uh, interrupted. Uh, constantly by by the pop-ups as in previous years so you could have it's the closest you're going to get and, and i do miss having even just two quarters of regular gameplay and, and a lot of people have brought that up as well you know the, the, old, the old demos and indeed what nba live does we can have full full uh, full games of what five minute quarters with uh, with a couple of teams or up to four teams have added before and sometimes WNBA teams um well certainly that would have been nice to have as well in the in the demo now that 2k has added that as well and really shown off that it's uh if, if you were expecting a, an in-depth look at the game it is definitely a disappointment um it, depending on how much you like the new archetype system the new uh, build system yeah you know that's that's how you, your mileage may uh, vary on that um I'm, I'm i feel a little bit disappointed with that i but again I, I suppose it's how much can i complain when i was ready to move on from my career anyway but if uh, if this was if this was the uh th- what was going to get me back into my career the the whole uh you know, swing the pendulum. You know, move, move the, uh, you know, move me to to get back into to my career. I, I don't think it's 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 had the opposite effect. Basically, it, it's not. Uh, I think it's it's going to be the same situation where you're locked into some some bad ratings. And it does seem like the starting ratings are a lot lower. Like even with a build that should have a bit more shooting. I, I noticed three point shooting started out around in the 40s or 50s, which which felt very low. Uh, to their credit, it does seem to be going more on badges this year with my career. And some of the badges do look very interesting, but then you can see things like Intimidator, which which I think is going to act very much like the overpowered uh, lockdown abilities in, in, in NBA 2K19 and NBA 2K18. Uh, so there's a lot of badges that I could see being very problematic. Uh, the fact that they've changed a release speed to a badge, jump shot release speed to a badge rather than uh, created animation. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it's trying to be done by... They're trying to do it through balance, um, but people are still going to be able to min-max and, and, and be able to find exploits anyway, so I don't think it's necessarily the right way to do it. I think it's going to work out okay, and, and again, it remains to be seen when the whole when the whole package goes live and we see how it goes in in wide-open uh, online play and, and full micro play. I mean, again, it's a very quick glimpse of it, being only being able to play the one game with a player that you create and or just scrimmage five on five. So, so it does remain to be seen. Uh, I suppose in some ways I do feel a bit underwhelmed by the demo and feel like there's a better way of doing it. Uh, do, do the better approach to the mic player builder, I should say, with the archetypes. If nothing else, I think there needs to be more feedback as you're, as you're creating a player. Much like in last year's demo when they weren't showing all of the upper limits and badges and things that you could... That there was more information in the full version of what you could view uh, and not getting that information and, and, and knowing that you wonder what they're hiding sometimes and, and about the balance or lack thereof in, in modes. Uh, so, so that, that was a bit a bit disappointing there, but uh, I think the game is, is going to play pretty well. It's, it, is, it will depend on how they tweak the uh, the sprint system and whether they whether they fully cave in on that or not because that's that's another thing we've seen before where they've just completely moved away from something that wasn't working or didn't didn't appear to be ready. Um, so, so we'll see. But... I, I I played the demo a couple of times. Basically, I've only created the one player, and then was kind of got the got the idea of what that was like, and and thought, well, okay, probably probably is a good year to go back to go back to uh, franchise gaming, get into my league at last. So, 
that's basically my thoughts on, on the demo. It's it's a bit underwhelming. Definitely with some positive points to it. I could see some improvements to the gameplay, but definitely some legacy issues as well. Uh, possible problematic approach with the with the my player build. We'll see how it goes and whether they tweak it. And that will be the big thing to see whether they tweak things post release because that that has been the issue in previous years where the demo has seen one thing or or even the first few weeks of the full version have seen something, but by the end of the year we've got a totally different version of it. So it's uh, it, it's good that games can evolve that way when they go from uh, you know, when they when they get better when they improve, but when it goes from something that's working to something that's much worse, uh, obviously that is not what we uh, what we want to see. That is not desirable. At, uh, at all to say the least uh so we, we can only just wait and see um yeah for me I, I think i will be giving my my career apart from a, a little bit of dabbling just to see what it's like and it, if the guys are interested in uh, in playing online just to see if i can be bothered with it but yeah I, guys i think it's uh i think it's a good t- time to go to offline with it <laughs> to, to go back to the franchise gaming so i might have uh, picked a good year to get burned out completely burned out and and, and at the same time accomplished in my career and ready to move on to something else because yeah i'm not sure i'm feeling it this year but as, as for the game you know it's uh well well we'll see <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely some positives but uh but we'll see so one other thing that i'd like to talk about before i wrap up uh, is a few notes about the historical teams talked about those in depth the other week when they were announced but uh, brian mazik who was at the community day i believe has posted some videos of the various player ratings full breakdown of the ratings as they're going to be in the at launch anyway, of course, roster updates are going to change those ratings as throughout the season. But uh, for people who like to see what the you know, full full rosters and everything, uh, what they're going to be at launch, and again, missing players are going to be there, but of course they'll be added uh, in due course. But uh, but also the historical teams as well, and the all time teams and everything. So something that something that's been uh, confirmed is that the 2008 uh, Hornets are no longer in the game, which is kind of a uh, kind of a shame, and that's. Probably because uh, David West is, has to be removed. He's no longer uh, under contract. Uh, same goes for, uh, let's see, uh, Manu, uh, Manu Ginobili is no longer on the uh, 2005 uh, Spurs, which is which is unfortunate, uh, which which is kind of interesting because uh, surely he'd be on the 2014 Spurs as well. So I'm not, I suppose there's other players to make up for him. I'll have to double check that, but... Um, so, so he's one of the players that's gone missing, and which again makes the, 20, the addition of the 2014 Spurs even more uh, puzzling when they've lost a key player from that. Um, there was somebody else who who was missing as well. Um, I'd have to uh, to double check that. But um, this this basically it's the situation is that players can stay in the game uh, for up to a year after they've retired or they're no longer in the NBA is used the, the situation unless of course they're on the retired players union and they're under contract to appear as a retired player um this is this is becoming more of a problem with the historical rosters when they're losing players uh the 1971 hawks were of course removed a, a couple of years ago and and not necessarily for the worst I, I think they're probably a team that perhaps not everyone was that uh that thrilled about using uh just who was it again um oh joe johnson joe johnson who of course is in the big three at the moment and a member of the uh, 2005 uh uh, seven seconds or less uh, sons with uh, Steve Nash, Maurice Stoudemire, uh, Sean Marion, etc. Uh, so Joe Johnson is not in the game anymore because he's uh, not in the league and not on the contract to uh, to anyone. So he can't just be automatically included as because uh, of course when players are still in the league, you can include they can they're already in the game, so you can have a historical player version of them on on the retro teams. Uh, not being on the contract anymore, he uh, he can't be in the game. Remains to be seen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to add Ginobili post-release if they can come to terms with him. Um, 
because uh, yeah, because they've done that with Steve Nash and Julia Serving, and I think even Kareem one year as well. De- definitely uh, Dr. J and uh, Steve Nash in more recent years, they've added uh, them. So they might be able to come with uh, with Manu. Um, Joe Johnson, whether his situation with being in the big three, whether that's going to change anything, you know, that that remains to be seen. Um, but it is unfortunate to lose them from from the teams, and it's it's not, you know, two K's fault in so much as they're not forgetting about them or or anything like that. It it is a, a legal matter, um, but but it is a, a shortcoming that it is with the um, that, that includes any team with players that are retiring, uh, you know, players that were on historical teams while also being active players as they retire and the whole situation with their likeness rights uh, becomes a bit trickier. Chris Bosch is another one. He's been had to be removed from the uh, 2013 Heat, and that was the case last year as well. Uh, and it's uh, they stick out like a sore thumb, and of course, including players, the teams, I should say, like the 2000 Blazers and 20, uh, 2000, 2004 um, Pistons who don't have Rasheed Wallace and obviously a key player on both of those teams. Uh, it's... And I do think it's better to have those teams in the game to, than to not because you do have the assets for modding and the base is already there and if you can just add a few missing players then that's better than having to add the whole team. But uh, it, it is unfortunate to, to have those omissions. It, they do stick out like a sore, a sore thumb. Uh, and certainly having these absences like Joe Johnson and Ginobili is, um, lessens the uh, the impact, makes them feel a bit less uh, less complete. And, and losing teams like like they've done with the 2008 Hornets it's uh, it, it's a shame to lose that content. They've, they've done a pretty good job, and that, that is something we should uh, acknowledge with 2K is that they have done a pretty good job for the most part in keeping a lot of the key teams, the, the classic teams, in the game for about a decade now, I suppose, starting with 2K11. I did have an article, a Friday 5 article, a few weeks back on teams that have uh, that we've lost. Well, actually, no, actually, it was, it was originally going to be a Friday 5, and then I... Ended up with ten, and then decided just to make it a way back Wednesday article. Indeed, but I, I look back at the teams that uh, that we lost. Some of them have been substituted with other teams, which were in some cases a better choice anyway. Uh, they, they were less, uh, more appropriate for the Jordan Challenge the first time around. But then they've they've been replaced with a with a, with a better team, either for NBA's greatest and, and beyond. Uh, so it hasn't always been a bad thing. And and some of the teams that we've lost. It's it's really been about redundancy. I mean, we don't need the '96, '97, and '98 Bulls in there, especially when the '97 and '98 teams were very similar. And with some of the players who are missing from those teams anyway, they are practically the same roster. In fact, they I'm trying to think back, they're very pretty much the same roster, give or take a player or two. Um, essentially, with with the players that were missing uh, from the game, the players who were there anyway. So some of it's redundancy, and it's a shame to lose the '95 Bulls because they're a bit of a different team, bridging the the old and the new championship teams, basically. Um, but other other teams, you know, it, it hasn't necessarily been for for the worse. And now the 2008 Hornets join them. Uh, yeah, and, and it is a shame because obviously that's a, that was a prominent uh, one of the best uh, Hornets teams with Chris Paul on it, and it's 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 one of those teams. I, I feel it's we don't have as a, a lot of representation of the 2000s. Uh, at the moment, and, and sometimes the, some of the teams in the 2010s, even though the decade's almost over, it still feels a bit too soon for, for some of them, especially with the Warriors <laughs> dominating the last five years of the decade, basically. Um, yeah, so it, it is what it is, and hopefully they can come to terms with those missing players and add them, because they do, again, they do stick out like a sore thumb, you know, very conspicuous by their absence, I suppose, a way, better way to put it. Um, and, and if they can get them back into the game, so much the better. But but it is a shame to see some, some more players go 
but it, it is unfortunately the way with historical teams. I mean, this is why it took so long to get historical teams into the game in the first place because of all these issues with, with licensing, likeness rights and everything. But uh, 2K does the best they can, but hopefully they can fill in some gaps. And, and hey, look, more, as I've said before, and, and a lot of us have said before, the situation with Charles Barkley, obviously not in the game, as is Reggie Miller, you know, if it, all it takes is a token $1 million uh, donation to the Retired Players Association on a yearly basis... I mean, the game is making bank with microtransactions and everything. And, and so rather than lining the pockets of, of uh, executives, how about uh, giving some back to the players who have been able to give you this historical content and give you this hook and, and get them into the game and, and say thank you to them. And the added bonus is to get a couple of these legends into the game because they, they appreciate that gesture. Uh, it's a win-win all around. And if, especially if it's only, you know, I could say only a million because it's... it's uh, you know, it's 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 not my money, but at the same time, we, we do know that the game is making bank. Over 12 million copies sold of NBA 2K19, recurrent revenue up 140. Uh, percent It's something I believe they can afford as a company, and and I th- again, it would show tremendous goodwill to the retired players association, the retired players who who are, who are, you know, g- again giving them this hook and, and giving them this great content they can use year after year and and make money off my team by by giving all these historical cards and and of course the hook of having these classic teams and everything so i it's it's very stubborn that 2k is not doing it and and i think they are cutting kind of cutting the nose off despite their face as far as having some of this historical content not in the game when they could possibly get it but again that's uh, the balls in their court so we'll see so that has brought us to the end of episode number 296 of the nlc podcast I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, usually I do have a co-host. The last few weeks I have been uh, rolling solo, as I've said, but hopefully we'll have at least one of the guys back on soon because it's always a, always a bit more fun to chat to someone than just monologue, but I uh, hope you enjoyed it all the same. Uh, if you did, definitely encourage you to tune in each and every week to listen to the show. It comes out weeklies on a Sunday Australian time. You can keep listening to it on the NLSC, of course, which is nba-live.com, or you can find and subscribe to us on various platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict. Search for the NLC Podcast logo. That will be us. Always appreciate reviews on those platforms as well, as it helps spread the word about the show and let people know that we're worth listening to. Of course, you can also connect with us on social media, and we encourage you to do so. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself nba-live.com for everything we do for basketball video games but yes that is all for episode number 296 of the nlc podcast thank you once again for tuning in until next time i'm andrew go get buckets everyone